Welcome over in the venue. Glad you guys are, are with us over there. And like I said, if you're watching online, blessings to you, listening on the radio or whatever. We're glad you're with us. Uh, last week, we started a, a new series here at Big Belly Grace called Get a Grip, where we're looking at a, a number of weighty topics that we all need to make sure that we have a, a grip on. Last week, we looked at stress, uh, how we can get a grip on stress. And I got a ton of emails, uh, more than the normal uh, on how the Lord really used um, last weekend in your life, especially the time at the end where you just got to be alone for those 15 minutes and quietly uh, pray. And we have a, a, a time like that scheduled for, for next weekend. And Lord willing, we're going to talk about how to get a grip on our marriages. And uh, it's going to be uh, special. Today we're going to look at uh, our jobs or our careers, we're going to look at how we can get a grip on our work, which is important because you're going to spend about 40 hours every week at work. Now, some of you will spend a little less time. Some of you will spend a little bit more time. But on an average, uh, you spend about 40 hours a week at your job. So what that means is, is this. If you don't like your job for whatever reason, the chances are, are pretty good that you're going to spend a lot of your life bummed out and frustrated, which means uh, your spouse or your friends or your children or whatever are going to spend a lot of their, their time bummed out and frustrated because it just spills over into their life. Or if you do like your job, you'll spend a lot of your life happy and fulfilled. I mean, anything that you spend 40 hours a week doing has the potential to impact your life in an incredible way. So it's important that we have a grip on it, that we know how we might better um, handle our jobs or careers or whatever. Now, what I'm going to say next, some of you are going to struggle with, okay? But, but, but you need to hear it. And I'm just going to cut to the chase of the message. Fulfillment in your job doesn't come from the kind of work you do. Fulfillment in your job comes when you have the right attitude or the right perspective about your job. The reason some of you are dreading going to work tomorrow or Monday or whatever is because you have the wrong attitude or the wrong perspective about the job that you have. Look, if you're a, a follower of, of Jesus Christ, God's way more interested in how you do your work. In other words, he's way more interested in your attitude at work than he is at what you actually do for a living. God's way more concerned about your attitude at work than he is what exactly it is that you do for work. And um, I, I, I was just, I was thinking, I was kind of reading through the, the scriptures over the last month or so as I thought about getting a grip on our jobs or our careers or whatever. And th there were three attitudes that I found that every Christian ought to have as it relates to the kind of work that they have. Th th these attitudes, I think, can literally transform your work situation, whether you're in a boring job, a mundane job, a high-stress job, a low-paying job, or whatever. I think these three attitudes that, that I found could be a huge blessing to you. The Bible um, says this three times. The Bible uses this phrase three times. I'm going to look at him. Whatever you do, and then God gives us an attitude. 
Three times in God's word, you, you read that phrase, whatever you do, and then God gives us some sort of thought, some sort of attitude. And the first one's this, whatever you do, your, your job or whatever, do it as a representative of, of God. Do it as a representative of God. I want you to listen to what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 says this, and whatever you do, whatever you do, or whatever you say, do it as a represent, <clears throat> representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, whatever it is, I don't care what it is, doesn't matter what it is, whatever you do, you're to do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, God's expectation of you is that whatever it is you do, maybe you're a doctor, lawyer, teacher, salesman, cashier, farmer, mechanic, stockbroker, stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, whatever it is, you do it as his representative. That's God's expectation. This is the attitude or the perspective that you need to have when you go to work. When you wake up in the morning and you're putting your makeup on, you're combing your hair, you're brushing your teeth, you're eating a bagel, you get in your car, you're on your way to your job, whatever that is, the attitude that you're to have is that I'm going into this place and I'm going as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we looked at it last week. The Bible says, so we have been sent to speak for Christ. One, one version says we are ambassadors for Christ. In other words, if you name the name of Jesus, God says that you're my representative here on earth. You're my ambassador, which means you're his representative when you're at work, wherever it is. Could be your home, you're a stay-at-home mom. And you've got two or three little red racks, you know, running around. Maybe you're trying a case down at the courthouse. Maybe you're selling clothes out at Macy's. Maybe you're fixing a car at the shop that you work at. Maybe you're over at our school or some public school and you're a teacher. Maybe you're a, a custodian somewhere. Maybe you're selling burgers down here at McDonald's. It doesn't matter where it is. The Bible says that you're to represent him. You're to speak for him. You're his ambassador. Listen, Christian work isn't just what, you know, is done here at Big Valley Grace on, on the weekends. Christian work is anything a Christian does for God. You see, one of the, the great lies that the enemy has perpetrated on us is, is the lie that there's our work for God, there's Christian work, you know, there's what I'm doing right now, that, that's, man, that's Christian work. Hey, what Reggie does, are you kidding me? That's Christian work, right? He's writing great songs, playing the piano to the glory of God. What Butler does, that's great work. What Chris does, teaching at a Christian school, are you kidding me? That, that, that's Christian work. Tim, working with high school kids, that's Christian work. But the lie is, is that there's also, you know, secular work. 
You know, we're, we're salesmen, we're, we're, we're teachers, we're secretaries, we're lawyers, doctors, those kinds of things, and, and, and it's a lie. It's unbiblical. The Bible says that Jesus wants to be involved in all the areas of your life, your home, your, your work, your, your church life, your educational life, whatever that might be. He doesn't want you to separate your life into little compartments. God wants you to have the attitude that everything you're involved in, like your work, you're to do it as his representative. Could be when you take um, uh, golf lessons or you're out on the golf course with you know, three other guys and a foursome. You're God's representative there. Maybe you're gonna play tennis with somebody else and once you hit that tennis court, it's not like you've got this secular life where you're gonna hit a little ball across the net with one another. No, you're God's representative there. Wherever it is you go, whatever it is you do, the Bible says, whatever it is you say, you're to do it as if you're God's representative. And when you have this kind of attitude that you represent you know, God at work, it'll change the way you see your work. Some of you never thought about it like that. Now, now I need to say this. The great apostle Paul said, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Beloved, it's important, it's super important that you understand that if you're gonna be an ambassador for God, if you're gonna be his representative at work, you gotta live like God would want you to live. See, all of a sudden this gets a little weighty, doesn't it? All of a sudden, uh, getting in your car and heading down to the courthouse or heading to McDonald's or heading to you know, your, your, your college class or your high school class or whatever it is you do, all of a sudden gets a little weightier because you're called to represent the Lord. And if you're gonna represent the Lord, you, you better live like it because you, you, you represent him. That's what you're, you're, you're called to do. In other words, when, you, when people see you at work, they, they need to see a, a person that's a, a good worker. They need to see a, a person that doesn't gripe and complain about their job. They need to see a, a person that isn't always whining about, the, about you know, whatever the things are they're supposed to do. They need to see a person that isn't talking trash about their boss or somebody who engages in worship or whatever. See, part of your witness is by the quality of your work. And I'll just pause and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in some of your lives. People at your job probably know that you're a Christian, maybe. Maybe they don't. Maybe they know you go to Big Valley Grace. Maybe they've seen your Bible in your car or on your desk or they've seen the cross hanging around your neck or the crosses that are on your earrings or they've seen the, the bumper sticker on your car that says, you know, honk if you love the Lord or whatever. Do you gossip? You always saying crummy things about the boss? 
Are you the guy or the gal that walks out with a pad of paper, you know, it's not yours, or a pack of pencils? In other words, you're stealing them? I don't care if it's a multi-billion dollar company or not, it's not your stuff. It doesn't belong to you. What, 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 what do people see? You, you, if you're there with the attitude that I represent Jesus, wow, you gotta, you gotta kinda live like it. And for some of you, maybe Monday becomes a day when you go and ask a few people for forgiveness. You go and say, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I know you know I go to church, but man, I certainly haven't acted like it. Beloved, Christians should be the, the, the best employees on the planet or the best employers on the planet. There's an old saying that, that goes like this, you're the only Bible that some people are ever going to read. And it's true. Not everybody's going to read this book. Not everybody's going to come to church. But I'll tell you what, for some people, they're just looking at you. You represent the Lord to them. And some of you do a fantastic job. Some of you get this principle. Some of you don't. And you're, you're the only Bible that some of these people are ever going to read. Some people will, will never read the Bible, but they're watching you. They're watching how you choose to live your life. They're watching how you choose to, to work. And I don't care how you earn a shekel. God wants it to be done in a quality way because people are watching. If you're always negative and complaining and griping about the circumstances at your job or you're always rejecting what the boss tells you to do and trying to undermine his authority, no one's going to listen to you when you say, hey, I've got some good news. Hey, why don't you come to our Easter program? I, I don't want your God. Your, your God obviously hasn't done much in your life. Why do I want them? I'm not going to say that, but that's what they're thinking. Listen, I don't know whether you, you hate your job right now, whether you love it or you're somewhere in, in between. All I know is that you're, you're not there by accident. God put you there or allowed you to take that job because he wants you to represent him in somebody's life there. He wants you to be his ambassador to somebody there. And you don't see it that way. You just go, man... I got my PhD and I got to do this kind of a job or I, I, I'm, I'm better than that guy who's the manager and I should have that guy's job and you're missing the fact that God has put you there strategically to be his representative in somebody's life, to be his ambassador in somebody's life and all you can do is navel gaze. All you can do is think about you. Beloved, when you have this, this attitude that God wants you to represent him, it'll give you know, your, your job or your career or whatever a whole new meaning because you realize that, that, that your job, whatever it is, can be used for, for making an eternal impact in, in somebody else's life. So, so how do you make this practical? How do you do everything in the name of the Lord? Well, it's pretty simple. When, when you're at work, whether you're the the boss or simply the employee and some situation comes up all you need to do is stop and ask yourself one question if Jesus were here right now and he was facing this situation I represent him I'm his ambassador what 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 would he want me to do what does the word say 
How, how would he do this? You walk into the lunchroom and there's a bunch of people gossiping, putting somebody else down. There you are. Man, what would Jesus do right here? Well, the Bible says, you know, that we're to treat others the way we'd want to be treated. What would I want someone to do if someone was talking trash about me? See, that's the question you ask yourself. Okay, here I am. I'm in this situation. If, if, if the Lord was here right now, I represent him, what, what, would, what would his words say? Which gives us all an incentive to know what the word says so that we know how to better rep represent him. N number two, whatever you do, your job, you, you do it as if you're actually doing it for God. And this takes you to a whole nother level. Colossians chapter three, once again says this, whatever you do, he's gonna change it now, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. It's the Lord who's your boss. It's the Lord who you're actually doing it for. You see, it gives it a whole nother attitude to this thing called work. Beloved, not only are we to work in the name of the Lord or as a representative, representative of the Lord, but we're to do our work as if we were actually doing it for God, as if God were actually your boss, which obviously would make a huge difference in how we viewed our job, right? I mean, how would you feel if when you got out of bed in the morning and you were combing your hair, taking a shower, putting on your makeup, eating your, you know, your cereal or whatever, if you knew when you got to work that Jesus Christ was going to be sitting in the manager's office. Make a whole big difference, wouldn't it? And that's what the Bible says that you're to do. That's the kind of attitude you're to have. Not only do you represent him, but the Bible says whatever you do, do it as if he's the boss. Like he's actually the one that you're working for. Now, what's, what's the, uh, the result of doing your job with the right attitude, this kind of attitude? Well, he says this. Whatever you do, work at it, at it with all of your heart, as if working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. You see, the Bible says that, that God is watching you. God is watching what you do. He sees it. Nobody else may, may see it, but he sees it. And the Bible says that someday he's going to reward you for however it is you've worked, whatever the attitude is you, you've had. You know, one of the, the great stresses in business or work is lack of appreciation. When people don't feel appreciated in their business or their job or whatever, they, they don't perform well, they, they get discouraged, they get all goofed up, they say, you know, what's the use? Why should I work so hard? Nobody appreciates, nobody notices, right? One group of people who feel this way are homemakers, right? You work and work and work and work and work and, 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 you know, your spouse comes home and doesn't even notice anything. 
The only time anybody notices uh, uh, your, your home is when things are a mess, right? Hey, you know, this is a mess. Hey, this is a mess. But then no one ever notices when things are great, right? Or maybe I'm just talking about me because that's true for me as I thought about this this week. I never come in and go, man, everything looks great, man. You know, thanks for, you know, you know, vacuuming the rugs and thanks for keeping the kitchen clean and thanks for washing clothes so I got something to wear, you know. I, I never do that. Or I rarely do that. But I'll tell you right now, if I don't have clothes to wear, hey, 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 hey the, the, the clothes are piling up. How you expect me to, you know, you know, go to work with dirty jeans? Only got 30 pair of them. Come on, can you? You know, I, I'm, I'm such a loser. But here's the deal. Your spouse may not see it, and, and we should. Your employer may not see the work that you do. But God sees it. I'll tell you another thing that just drives workers crazy is when you do something really great and somebody else gets the credit for it. Oh! <laughs> Don't you? I mean, that just morale goes right out the window. But here, here's the deal. Listen, listen, Christian. Christian, remember, you represent him. He's the boss. And this boss sees it all. He knows who worked hard. He knows what you did. Somebody else may be getting the credit for it down here. <laughs> but there's coming a moment when God's going to reward you. Now, it's nice when your employer sees the work. I get it. We all, our flesh, all, we all like this. We all like that. But when you have the attitude that, you know what, here's the deal, I represent him, and I work for him, it, it, it tweaks things. You'll think about things a, a, a little bit you know, differently. So, so how do you make the most of you know, your career as a Christian? Number one, when you go to work, you have the attitude that you, you represent Jesus here. I don't know how long you're going to have to work down at Taco Bell. I don't know. Maybe forever. I don't know. It doesn't matter how long you have to work there. It doesn't matter. Well, I, you know, I've, got a, you know, I've got a master's degree. I don't care. That's where you're at right now. And you're called to represent him there. And when you walk into that place and there's some pimple-faced kid that hardly graduated from high school and you've got your master's degree and he's, he's the manager... You know, he can't even, pants don't even fit. You know, he's just this kid. And there you are. Guess what? You're working for the Lord. That's the attitude you have to have. I thought about the great apostle Paul, one of the great minds of, 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 of all time. The, the apostle Paul. Wrote a number of the books in the New Testament. Man, that guy had a brain, like, just unbelievable, his mind and how he could think. And imagine there was a, a time when he would have to sit down in a room 
and he made tents. One of the great thinkers of our day. I'm sure he wanted to go out and, you know, preach to all kinds of people and go to churches, but there were times when he had to make a tent. He had to do it. And I know because of the economy, especially in our region, some of you, you know what, you, you've been a little prideful, and I'm not taking that job. I, I, this is what I do. This is what I've done, and I'm not going to take that job. Okay. But the one whom you serve, he took on the job of becoming a man. Nothing for you. I don't think that was high up on his to-do list when he was in the uh, Holy Trinity with the Father and the Holy Spirit, but he saw that you had a need, and he left the glories of heaven and came here for you. Maybe that person could be an example to you of maybe putting aside your pride and saying, you know what, maybe I'm not going to work at Taco Bell forever but it's something that's opened up now and I'm going to go represent the Lord there and I'm going to go work at that place as if God were my boss because maybe, just maybe, there's somebody there that God wants me to talk to. Maybe. Uh, Number three, whatever you do, you do it all for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says, so whether you eat or whether you drink or Whatever you do, here's the third time the scripture uses this phrase, you do it all for the glory of God. So, so you do it as a represent, representative of, of God, you, you do it as if you know, God were actually your boss and you do it for his glory. And to me, I want you to know this is an amazing verse. The Bible says that you can eat to the glory of God. The Bible says that you can drink to the glory of God. And if you can eat and drink to the glory of God, you can certainly do your job to the glory of God, can't you? Something that you're probably going to spend 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 hours uh, 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 a week doing. Look, I, I don't know what you do for a living. Maybe you wash dishes for a living. Maybe you fix cars for a living. Maybe you sell real estate for a li- living. Maybe you mow lawns for a living. Maybe you crunch numbers for a living. Maybe you build homes for a living. I, I don't know what you do for a living. But I do know that it's possible to bring glory to God through it. Anything can be done for the glory of God if your attitude is right. If your attitude is right. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that your attitude at work would be different if as you were driving to work, you thought to yourself, today I want to bring glory to God in everything I do. I want to do my job in a way that that, that brings honor to God. See, I think it would make a difference. Is if you got in your car and you're heading down to Taco Bell or you're heading down to Macy's or you're heading to Rayleigh's, you know, you're a cashier there or, or you're heading to the, you know, the construction site, you, you build homes or, you know, you're, 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 you're heading to wherever it is, your office to sell real estate or whatever. If on the way there you, you turned your radio off and didn't listen to, you know, all the, the crummy stuff that comes through the airwaves and you said, okay, here's the deal. Today, God, I want to bring glory glory to you. 
somehow today, as I'm rolling up these burritos, as I'm hammering these nails, as I'm trying this case, as I'm, you know, uh, delivering, you know, someone's packages to them, God, today I want to bring glory to you. I want to, I want to bring honor to, to you. <laughs> I think you'd do your job differently. I think you'd see your job differently. In John chapter 17, Jesus is, is praying. He's talking to the Father, and he makes an interesting statement in verse 15. He says, my prayer is, is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. And every time I read that, I always kind of go, wow. You know, I'm an earthly father, and you know, my kids are young, and I want to protect them. I just, I don't like the idea that they're in this evil world. I mean, this world is just so evil. It's unbelievable how evil people are. The world is. And just the stuff people do to each other. Rape and murder and just... And if I could, I, you know, I'd hunker down, you know, in a bunker somewhere and, and, and just, man, I want to protect my, my family from just the evil that's out there. And, Here's our Lord and Savior saying, Father, I don't want you to take them out of the world. In other words, I, I want them here. I want them in this crummy place. Just protect them, Lord. Just protect them, Father, from all the evil that's out there. Well, but God wants you here. He wants you on planet Earth, and, and he knows that you have to work. And he wants you to represent him while you're at work. See, he's very much aware of the, the, the curse that took place in Genesis chapter you know, 3. He, he gets it. We have to go to work. It's something we have to do. And he wants us here. And while you're here, he wants you to represent him everywhere you go. But we're talking about your job here tonight. So he wants you to represent him there. He wants you to go to your job, and, and when you walk in, you go, you know what, I'm not working for that guy. I'm not working for that gal. They may own the company. He may be the manager. That guy might be the supervisor. She might be the one who's in charge, but here's the deal. No, no, no. I'm working for somebody way higher up the, the food chain, and that's the Lord. And somehow today, I just want to bring glory to God today in all that I do. Somehow I want to bring honor to, 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 to God in all that I do. And when you get this, when you understand this, I want you to know it'll, it'll change the way you, you do whatever it is that you do. Hey, look, uh, you know, I, I've been here so long, uh, some of you may forget that, that I started at the bottom of the, 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 the totem pole here. I was the part-time youth pastor here 30-something years ago, and so here's the totem pole, right? You know, here's the totem pole. I, I was at the bottom of the totem pole. And the nice thing about being at the bottom of the totem pole, for those of you that are there, is that when the totem pole falls over, you don't go anywhere. You're, you're, you're still, you, nothing happened. It's, it's all everybody else that, you know, you, nothing happens. You're just, what happened? The totem pole fell over. Oh, I didn't even notice. And it, it, that, that's a beautiful thing. In fact, it's more beautiful than some of you know. You, you want so badly to get to the top of the totem pole, you don't even realize when you get there, you know, the building starts to sway, and you go, oh, yeah, yeah. how do I get back down there? I, I, I know what it's like to be at the bottom of the totem pole. I know what it's like to be at the bottom of the pay scale. I know. 
I've been there. I've been there. But I can look back to when I was at the bottom of the totem pole. Someone no one cared about. Nobody. I would go to meetings. Nobody cared about what I thought. I was just this dumb, young Christian guy showing up. And, man, I was surrounded by some spiritual giants, man. I really was. You know, I'd say something. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that was dumb. But I, you know, I, I, I just said dumb thing. I didn't know what I know. And there were times it was like, you know, no one, no one takes me serious. Well, you know, I, but I always went, you know what, I, I, I'm ultimately just working for the Lord. And I'll just be faithful. Just be faithful at that. I represent him. And, and that's the attitude you have to have no matter where you're at. Especially those of you that are, man, I'm down here. I don't, just be faithful. You represent the Lord. He's, he's the boss. He, he's the master. And figure out ways that you can bring, bring glory to him. Now, I, I want to do something super practical here, okay? I want to give you a, 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 a job description, okay? It doesn't matter what you do for a living. These are three things that every Christian has on their job description, okay? Um, these are three ways that you can bring glory to God, all right? Number one, God wants you to pray for those that you work with. Okay, it's on your job description. Now, it's probably not on Taco Bell's job description. It's probably not on the county's job description. It's probably not on the city's job description if you work for the city. But it's on every Christian's job description. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 4, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And let me tell you, one of the things that all of you need to do if you name the name of Christ, you need to make a list of all the people you work with and start praying for them. You may, you may not even know them, that your office may be so big, you know, that you don't even know the person, who the person is. You just kind of have a pencil in your hand and walk by and there's a name on a thing and just write down their name. And those that you work with closely, you know, you know their names, write down their names. And you don't have to know what's going on in their life. You don't need to know that. The Lord knows that. All you're going to do is you're going to commit yourself to praying for those people. I'm going to pray for the, the, the guy that's the president of the company. I'm going to pray for the guy that's the manager of the company. I'm going to pray for my direct supervisor. I'm going to pray for those that are on the same level that I am. I'm going to pray for those that I get to oversee. Maybe you're the manager. Maybe you're the boss. Maybe you're the person that owns the company. And yeah, you know what? You know their name because you've got to send out a check every week or month to them. But you know what? You know Jesus as your Savior and you haven't even been praying for him. And I can't believe that somebody who represents the Lord, somebody who's working for the Lord, somebody who's trying to bring glory to God wouldn't be praying for their employees. Huh. So you ought to have a, a list of everybody and, and just say, you know what, I, I, I'm going to get up in the morning and maybe your company's so big you can't pray for everybody. I get it. This place is so big, there's no way I could pray for every teacher, every custodian, every aide, every pastor, every... I couldn't do it in the morning. I'd never get to work. But I have their names, have them all on a sheet of paper. And I carry that sheet of paper with me. Even have their spouse's names, have their kids' names on it even. And I find myself throughout the week praying for all of those people. I don't know what's going on in their life. Praying God's blessing on their life. Number two, God wants you to be an example to those that you work with. 
Okay? And by the way, this is the right order. You always start with prayer, and then you want to be an example to them. Colossians 4, 5 says, Live wisely among those who are not believers. Live wisely among, you know, when you're at work, you got to live wisely amongst those that you work with. you got to live wisely with those who might be employees of yours, you know, or whatever the, the case may be. Be an example in your attitude at work. Be an example in your lifestyle. Let people see the difference in your life. You're, you're the only Bible that some people are ever going to read, as I said. You know, they're never going to open their Bible, but, but what they're going to look at is your life. I read a statement one time that really hit me. It said, if you were arrested and put on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? We're to live our lives in, in such a way that, that people ask us, hey, what's up? How come you have such peace in your life? How come you never gossip when we're all sitting around gossiping? How come you never enter into trashing the boss? What's up with you? How come you never blow up and lose it? Listen, if you're a Christian and, and you're working with a bunch of non-Christians and nobody ever asks you about your faith, you need to ask yourself, what's wrong? How come? Is my life just kind of so much like theirs that they don't even see any transformation in, 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 in my life? So you need to pray and be an example of, of, of you know, how to live and you gotta be wise and towards outsiders. And number three, God wants you to share your story with those you work with, okay? God wants you to share your story with those that you work with. Num num number one, you pray. You always begin by, with prayer. Then number two, you live out your faith amongst those that you work with. And then number three, um, you, you find those moments when you can share your story with those people you work with. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you'll have the right response for everyone. Listen, God, God wants you to share your testimony about how Jesus has changed your life. He wants you to tell other people about the difference that Christ has made in your life. I want to tell you a great story. I told it to you a number of years ago, but Howard Hendricks, um, and, uh, who was a, he's with the Lord now, but he was a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, was, was on an airplane flying to a speaking engagement, and there was a guy sitting right in front of him that was rude and obnoxious and loud. He was, you know, he was drinking, he was getting drunk, which made him be more rude and more obnoxious and rude and all that, all that kind of stuff. Well, there was, there was this flight attendant that had to deal with this guy, and Howard said that she was just, just unbelievably gracious. She was just a class act. When, when this guy was rude, she was polite. When this guy was a jerk, she was classy. When, when this guy was impatient, she was totally patient with him. Howard said that this flight attendant wouldn't let this drunk guy get to her, and he said, I couldn't believe how classy she was with this obnoxious man. Well, there came a moment after everybody had been served their meals that Howard got up and he walked to the back of the plane to commend this flight attendant. He said, quote, I want you to know that I was watching you as you interacted with that man, and I was amazed at how patient you were with such a rude customer. 
If you'll tell me your name, I'd like to write American Airlines, your employer, and commend you for your service. Well, this gal just smiled at him and said, well, thank you, but you need to know that I don't work for American Airlines. I work for Jesus Christ. Now, Howard went on to say that, quote, after I picked myself up off the floor, this flight attendant started witnessing to me, a pastor, a professor. She's telling me that I matter to God and that God has a plan for my life. Now, I could have, you know, gotten off the plane just thinking she was a nice person and not knowing it was Jesus Christ that was giving her the strength and the power and the love and the energy to be so kind towards this rude person. It wasn't until she seized the opportunity and opened her mouth and shared the good news with me, she witnessed to me that I knew it was because of her relationship with Jesus that gave her such kindness and patience with this man. And if you think back to last week, if you were here, she was a voice for God, just cleverly disguised as a flight attendant. You see, God wants you to pray first for those people you work with or for, or people who work for you. You always start there. Because it's in your times of prayer that you'll be confronted with your own life because God wants you to be an example to them and how you interface with them, how you talk with them how you deal with them, how you, how you discipline you know, employees that you know, may blow it or whatever if you own the business. And then you're always ready for those opportunities to actually share what it is that's happening in your life, just like this, this flight a- a- attendant did. I, um, I want to end. I, 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 a couple days ago, I saw this video, okay, and I want to set it up for you because we couldn't get the video I wanted, but this one, this one will do it. I just need to set it up. There's, a, there's this five-year-old boy, and he's autistic, okay? He's an autistic five-year-old boy. And his favorite moment of the whole week is Mondays. And on Mondays, he always is outside in the front of his yard waiting for the garbage man to come. And he just loves to see the big truck pull up and then the and he just, whoa. And he, he's always waving to the, to the garbage man. I mean, just, and the garbage man always sees this young five-year-old boy. And uh, obviously this has gone on for a long time and it just so happens mom and dad are filming it one day when the garbage man shows up, he, he's, a, he's a garbage man. Now, I don't know whether this guy's a believer or not, but he's a garbage man. That's what he does. He goes around and picks up all your junk, all your rotten eggs and junk and crud. That's what he does. He drives all day long. That's what this guy does. But he does something really interesting on this one day. And so let's roll that, roll that film, okay? Oh, he's got to get out of the car. 
had to get out of the truck. What? Yeah. Sure. Oh. He wants to give you something. A present. Yeah, but he has something for you. Oh, what did he do? Oh, oh, Manuel. What's that, Daniel? Oh, Daniel, look in it. Can you look? What is it? It's a garbage truck. Daniel, wait, look, open. Wait, open it. Oh, you're not going to believe it, but he had one like this and it broke. So you got him a new one. That is so sweet. Oh, thank you so much. The mom sent out a, a tweet right after this happened, and this is what the tweet said. One man, one moment, touching the life of one autistic child. Our hearts are overflowing. I sure hope that guy's a Christian, because that's the way Christians should act. You see, he was a garbage man. Not the most glorious job on the planet. I'm sure when he's at parties, if he gets invited to parties, hey, what do you do for a living? I'm a garbage man. I'm sure that just attracts people to him. But he had a different kind of attitude at work, didn't he? Watching this boy out there day in, day out. He had to go to a store, spent some of his own money, and I, I just not sure that garbage men make a whole lot of money, but he spent some of his own money. Interesting that he didn't know that this boy had a truck that had broken. Maybe the Holy Spirit was just directing him because he thought to himself, you know what, I represent him, and he's my boss. And I want to bring glory to God, and maybe he was home, and he thought, I'm going to go buy that little boy a little truck. So a little garbage man does this. One man, one moment, touching the life of an autistic child. And I think that that guy probably best illustrates those three points that I hope that you would take, and I hope that the Lord would really work in your life in those areas. Why don't you stand up, and let me pray for you, okay? Father, thank you, Lord, for tonight. I have really enjoyed uh, this, the music. It's been beautiful. And I am so thankful for your word. It gives us just some real great practical things. And would you help us as we walk out of this place, whether we're, we own the business or we're the boss or we're the low guy on the totem pole. May these three thoughts from your word, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, somehow bounce around in our minds. And I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen.